welcome to the new spring series of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. How have you been? I've missed you all. I've been on lots of adventures since our last episode. I've been scuba diving in the Indian Ocean, meeting marine biologists at Coco Island in the Maldives. I've been gathering children's questions all over England and in a little island called Antigua in the Caribbean. I've also been in Norfolk visiting my grandma and hanging out with my children lots, as well as listening to all your wonderful questions. And you've all been busy listening too. Everything Under the Sun has been listened to over half a million times. So thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And thanks also for buying my book, Everything Under the Sun, A Year of Curious Questions. It's filled with all of your questions and loads and loads of notes if you've been buying it and telling me that you love it. And thank you so much. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. If you haven't got a copy yet, do get one from all good bookshops online and in real life. And now it's time for our first question. It's a very good one and it comes from Noemi in Canada. Here she is. Hello, my name is Noemi. I'm four years old and I live in Victoria, Canada and I like to paint. And my question is, why do we make mistakes? Well, hi there, and thank you for your totally excellent question. How wonderful that you like to paint. I'd love to see some of your paintings. How clever of you to send me such a thoughtful question. Why do we make mistakes? Well, I had to think about it, and I decided the very best person to answer this question for you would be Philippa Perry. Philippa is a psychotherapist and a writer, and she writes answers to lots and lots of people's problems. She spends loads of time listening carefully to people about things that they find tricky in life, and she's very good at understanding humans and giving great advice. She loves to paint, and with her husband presents a TV show helping people to share their art. So since you like paintings, and I know Philippa knows why we make mistakes and actually why they're rather wonderful, I thought she was the perfect person to answer your question. Over to Philippa Perry. Why do we make mistakes? The way we learn is by trial and error. We try something, and if it doesn't work, oh, no. you can call it a mistake. But the great thing is, we learn from that mistake. So the mistake has a value. Sometimes mistakes are painful because we're ashamed that we didn't know what we know now after making the mistake. But really, it's not our fault. We didn't know. We had to make the mistake in order to learn. The people that achieve most in life make the most mistakes because they make the most mistakes so that they learn the most. I would say that the most successful people in the world have had more failures than anybody else, but they kept learning and they kept trying. So don't worry about making mistakes. You make mistakes 
in order to learn. Go on, go out there, have some failures, make some mistakes and learn from them. And then you'll amass a load of experience and knowledge that will stand you in very good stead indeed. Thank you, Philippa, for your very great answer. I think a lot of us, especially grown-ups, are worried about making mistakes. And we think that if we can't do something well, well, we probably shouldn't try at all. But what Philippa tells us is that all the most successful people have made loads and loads of mistakes because they've tried things out the most and become the most successful as a result of all of their mistakes. Right now, I have loads of flower bulbs and seeds and I'm worried about planting in case I do it wrong. But after listening to your brilliant question and Philippa's answer, I'm thinking I'd better just give it a go. Just like when I first had the idea to make this podcast, I didn't know how to make a podcast at all. I'd hardly even listen to any. And I had to try out loads of stuff and make loads of mistakes and ask my friends for help and then go for it. And now you have listened to it in Canada and sent me your question. So as far as I'm concerned, my idea, which I tried out, made loads of mistakes with, is now a success. Thank you, Philippa, and thank you, Naomi, for your excellent question. I hope now you and your grown-ups will try lots of fun things out and not care if you make mistakes, because that's how we learn. No one really knows how to do anything at first, and mistakes help us find out how to do lots of things as well as what we really love in life. So let's make lots of mistakes. I hope that answers your question, and thank you for sending it in. And now for our next question, which comes from Eliza. I thought since my name begins with M and the word steak starts with M, I would answer two more M questions. This one is about something delicious that's great to drink when it's hot. It's usually made out of milk and ice cream, blended with a yummy fruit, and often people drink it through a straw. Can you think what it could be? I think my favourite one is a chocolate one as is my littlest son's favourite flavour, and my grandma and my big son both like strawberry as well as vanilla. What could I be talking about? Did anyone guess? It's about milkshakes. Over to Eliza. Hi, I'm Eliza, and I like ponies and puppies. Um, who invented milkshakes? Hi Eliza, thanks for your excellent question about milkshakes, which I think are delicious and I think you do too. Well, they were invented in America. The first time anyone wrote down the word milkshake was over 130 years ago, a super long time ago, in 1885. But then milkshake didn't mean the kid-friendly delicious drink we think of today. The very first milkshakes were made of cream, eggs and a drink you can get at the pub called whiskey. Children aren't allowed to drink whiskey because it's alcoholic. But that's what the first milkshakes were. They weren't for kids. Luckily, a few years later, the recipe changed and started being made with milk. And then the first one was made with ice cream in 1922. They were sold in a supermarket kind of shop by someone who worked there, and he was called Ivor Paulson, but everyone called him Pop. Pop realised if you add vanilla ice cream to a milkshake, lots of people will want to drink one, and soon the craze for milkshakes spread around America, and milkshake machines were invented to make them perfectly 
So next time you have a milkshake, think about Pop. Back in 1922, realizing ice cream and milkshake would make it delicious. Now you can get milkshakes in all kinds of flavor. Which is your favorite? Maybe you'll make one today. The largest milkshake ever made is in the Guinness World Records. It was made in New York in August 2000. And it was 22,712.47 liters thick. It was a vanilla milkshake, chocolate syrup, and it was the same size as 50,000 normal milkshakes. A big float filled with this milkshake and all decorated as a milkshake was driven throughout Manhattan and free milkshakes were given out. I'd love to have seen that. I hope that answers your question, Eliza, and thank you for sending it in. Have a lovely week. And now it's time for our third and final question, which comes from Violet. Over to Violet. My name is Violet. I am eight years old and I love playing video games. My question is, how do birds form a memoration and why do they do it? Thank you. Hi, Violet. Thanks for your interesting question. Well, the birds that are best known for murmurations are starlings. They gather together in their thousands and swoop and whirl together in the sky in beautiful patterns and shapes, usually at dusk, just as the sun is setting. It's an amazing sight to see. Have you ever seen a murmuration of starlings? Here, where I live in England, I've seen beautiful murmurations in Norfolk on the way to my grandparents' house. And did you know in Denmark they have so many in spring that there can be more than a million starlings swooping in a murmuration? And there it is known as Sort Sol, which means black sun in Danish. But why do starlings form murmurations? Well, there are lots of possible reasons. One is that being together in a big group helps the starlings keep safe. Predators that might try to catch one starling on its own find it hard to attack a bird in the middle of a huge flock of thousands. So it's a very clever way to keep away big birds like peregrine falcons. Another reason is the birds gather together to keep warm at night in a big group. That way they can share heat from their bodies and keep warm as the sun begins to set and goes in. A murmuration is easy for a starling to spot as well and fly to join in to keep warm. Perhaps they also call out and share information with each other, such as where all the best places are to find food at the moment. The best time if you want to see a starling murmuration is just before dusk in wide open skies, just as they're gathering together for a beautiful swoop around the sky before settling down to roost for the night. Starlings do their wheeling stunts in the sky around the time we're reading bedtime stories. What a great way to end the day, flying in huge groups, making incredible shapes in the sky. Maybe they also think it's fun. I mean, if I was a starling, I would definitely want to join in a murmuration. Here in the UK, lots of starlings arrive from September from Europe. They come over here to the UK where it's a little bit warmer. As the weeks go on, more and more birds join in the flock. And sometimes a roost of starlings can be around 10,000 birds altogether. 
The Royal Society for the Protection of Birds has a website where you can see a list of places where you can find starling murmurations. They used to be all over the country, but now you see less and less starlings because they've been affected by all kinds of horrible things like chemicals in farming and their land being built over with buildings. And generally, where starlings used to live has been destroyed. So there's 80% starlings than there used to be. So if you do get to see a murmuration of starlings, you're very lucky. It's a special and beautiful thing to see. Other birds like Dunlin, the knot and plover also fly together in big groups and seem to move as one, turning at the same time, making beautiful aerial dances. As to how starlings do murmurations, the way they turn together is by watching each other. This is called a ripple and it's kind of like when a cheerleading wave or Mexican wave passes through a sports stadium. Rather than waiting for the bird next to them to turn and then copying, all the birds watch seven other birds. And then those seven nearby starlings copy their seven neighbors and then the next seven copy those seven and so on until the whole group moves as one murmuration. The word murmuration comes from a Latin word, murmuratio, meaning murmuring or grumbling. And the reason a group of starlings got this name is probably because of the sound they make when they're whirling about together at dusk. Have a listen. Does it sound like they're murmuring? Lots of starlings in the United States, but before the 1800s, there were none. They got there thanks to a man called Eugene Schieflin, who loved the writing of a very famous writer called William Shakespeare. He decided every bird that Shakespeare ever wrote about needed to be introduced to America. So he took 60 starlings that appear in a play called Henry IV in Act I, written by Shakespeare. If Shakespeare hadn't written about starlings, there would be no starlings in the US and no one there would be able to go out at dusk in the countryside and see a murmuration. I hope that answers your question, Violet, and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the wonderful Philippa Perry for talking to us about mistakes and why they're actually a wonderful thing. And a big thank you to Noemi, Eliza and Violet for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. Remember, if you have a question you would like answered, do record it on a grown-up's phone. Tell me your name, your age, a bit about yourself and send it in to me at molly at everythingundersun.co.uk. There's more information at my website, mollyoldfield.com. And also, you can follow me on social media at Molly Oldfield Writes. And don't forget to play my Guardian quiz every Saturday in the Saturday magazine, all for free online. And get yourself a copy of Everything Under the Sun, the book. Have a wonderful week filled with lots of mistakes and fun, as well as maybe a milkshake or two. And if you're lucky, you might see a murmuration. Sending you lots of sunshine, a big thank you and goodbye.